<laughs> Let's all breathe. Let's see who like breathes the weirdest. <laughs> breathes the weirdest. Uh, mine came up the weirdest. But <laughs> it's because you're talking. <laughs> this is a mistake. This is this was a mistake. I'm Shelby. I'm Josh. I'm Martha Ellen. And today we're joined by. Kyle Humphrey. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> That's my computer robot voice. Like when you type <laughs> it in. Good. I like it. <laughs> Very robotic. I really want to do that. Like eventually have my voice recorded for, well, I mean, other than this, but like for like a, I don't know. Like Siri. Like a, yeah, a Siri that'd be voice? so crazy. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Okay. So I grew up in Georgia, right outside of Auburn in a no-name town that if anyone's ever heard of, I probably know you. <laughs> like I like that's usually how it works. Um and then I went to Auburn for marine biology and sucked at it. I loved it. I just sucked at it. And then I had a friend that her roommate was in graphic design and I like saw her homework one night and I was like, That looks cool. I didn't know that was like even a thing here at yeah. at school, let alone Auburn and so I went and checked it out and they had this like, or they said they had like a super prestigious program. So I was like, I'm going to give this a shot because I'd always known my way around a computer. And I was like, maybe they can teach me what I don't know because I'd never done art or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Just kind of like, I don't know. I'd always like made stuff in paint and some stuff in Photoshop, but I didn't draw or do anything like that. Paint, yeah. nothing like that. But I was like, and this girl wasn't either. She was like working on a website, I think. I just remember being like, that's cool. You can like tinker around with that. I like yeah. that. So then I signed up for the classes. Then I didn't get in. <laughs> so I took a year off and traveled and then got got into the program. Uh, went through that for another four years, graduated and moved here. And it's been a wild ride since. <laughs> <laughs> so I work for a company here in town that's like a soccer retail store. Um, and it's all online. So we sell like jerseys for players, jerseys for practice, um, all types of equipment, all types of fan stuff. Oh, cool. So I do a lot of the like just back end graphic design for that. And then just stuff on the side. What kind of stuff on the side? Well, stuff for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff for people around here, actually, which is, like, so awesome to, like, literally get paid by people that I know because it's so much better to be working for people that you do know because, like, just getting stuff done and, like, talking about, you know, what you want out of something so much easier than trying to figure out who, what someone's tastes are that you have no background yeah, yeah, on yeah. whatsoever. Um yeah, and then I'm like a, right now I'm a professional dog sitter, nice. and <laughs> what else? Oh, I'm trying to be the next Little Debbie model. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, message th I message them <laughs> probably every day. Like the next influencer for Little yes. Debbie, you Yo, need they to don't be have, this. They're... I thought you were going to dress up like Debbie. And... <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Maybe you good. should do that. I'm pretty sure they would take notice. Dang. See, Josh, you would have been there first day, and I'm I'm sitting here like 30 days later, still trying to figure it out. No, they've got like this huge potential for like an Instagram. 
Yeah. Like they presents. They haven't even like hit that market yet. Well, they kind of are trying, but like, man, it's painful to watch because I'm just like, these people are lame. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's true for a lot of companies that did not start in the Instagram era. Right. They didn't. They era. started maybe a year ago. Right. So they're brand new so, to like, it. Little Debbie's went back to when the 80s, 70s? Oh, fifties. Fifties. Yeah. So, like, I think it's just I really know hard to like, <laughs> little Debbie. Because I'm sure even a lot of stuff, even within like how they run their things, are mm-hmm. just now like coming up right. to you know. But they are on the right track, is that they're trying? Yeah. Because yeah. for the longest time they just had the Instagram, but like they didn't post anything, or like it was right. literally just the box, and I was just like, oh Ooh. man, this is like a gold mine. <laughs> yeah. Someone please take hold of this. Yeah, and someone's That's Christmas tree mom cakes. took hold of it. And really, someone's is, mom. <laughs> I mean, it just looks like it. it. Just looks like someone's like, mm, I could yeah. do this. Mm. You should call out to them and be like, I call out Little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the real Little Debbie. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they don't say anything back. Wait, so what we were talking about working here? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I've had a lot of clients here, and then just like look, like I don't really have like big clients. I have a lot of just smaller stuff, yeah. and that's always good, yeah. Because the the bigger clients that I have worked for, it always devolves into just miscommunication or total like misjudgment on how one person's seeing something versus how I'm seeing it. Right. But then every time I work with like someone I know, even if it's just like through an Instagram basis, because I feel like I can get some sort of feel for like their tastes if if there's like a story to see like through their posts mm-hmm. whether it's like an individual or a right or a company um yeah even with like that kind of relationship i can just be like okay like this isn't something where i'm gonna be in the dark on a lot of stuff yeah that's good because it's usually like i mean with y'all I've never been given an agenda. It's always like go ham with it. Yeah. And that's how a lot of smaller business I feel like works. Yeah. Is they just find the person they know can do the job and then they say, just go crazy with it. You know, like they'll give me like guidelines and stuff, but the bigger ones are always the projects where like everything is already way nailed down before I ever put my eyeballs on it. Right. And that, that kind of, yeah, you'll get like, trapped in it too where it'll be like a high profile job you're like this is gonna be awesome and then you get to that meeting and then like they start like handing out printouts you're like what is this yeah. no you already made stuff <laughs> oh god <laughs> they'll have like fonts picked out oh. and like all like clip art that they want you're like oh. okay yeah. so i'm just a plastic surgeon at this right. point <laughs> but um that's annoying that's just part of the job shelby it's Part cool though that you've kind of found like what you like because I think that some people really enjoy that kind of corporate feel where there's not a lot of like mental capacity that you need to like complete the project. But it's neat that people trust you enough in your skill and your aesthetic that they're like, here, do this, and I trust that it'll be good. And I mean, us, the Loft Show stuff, never been disappointed and like you're one of our go tos. Um, but it's also neat that you have like this recognizable style and I feel like a lot of the things that I've seen you do, it's like, you can kind of feel this consistent, like aesthetic behind it. See, Sarah says the same thing and I've just never 
felt that. With your styles? Yeah, I always feel like I'm all over the place. Just from from like what I get inspired by and yeah. also just like kind of never saying no to a job is like just made me create for a bunch of different people. Yeah. But she said that recently and I was like, huh. I okay. think you do try a different like different avenues, but I think you can always it always feels like you. Yeah. Like yeah. even whenever There's you like, like a core to it yeah. that is recognizable but it's cool that you because even in that because i know like you have your collage style and then you have like this almost like sketch style where it's not a lot of color not a lot of i don't i don't know how to explain it necessarily but i feel like i can visual like mentally see a couple different versions of yourself but they all have this like foundation that's the same quote it it's on my website now (laughs) just gonna just gonna gonna record just chop it up josh send it to me yeah. No, that's good to hear. Cause like, like when I look at um like Josh Carnley stuff, mm-hmm. like every time he puts something out, I'm like, this dude is so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's he's nailed his style down, and so you know, that's but good to hear. I think it's good to experiment too, and I think it's good to have different veins right. because then you're not necessarily limiting yourself to this is the only way I know how to yeah. create. That is the best way to keep it fun. I think yeah. it's like a constant challenge. Yeah. And keep pushing yourself yeah. in these other directions. And if you have like three different kind of clearly defined avenues that you do, then you have so much room to grow. And if it becomes too much and too overwhelming, you can kind of narrow yeah. your focus. And honestly, I think I make the most mistakes like just in graphic design in general, when I get too comfortable with what I'm making, yeah. Cause I'll just be like in the zone of like more creation than I am like spell checking or mm-hmm. really checking like borders and stuff that yeah. I should be like nailed down on versus if it's something that I'm new to or maybe like a client that like is I'm doing something completely new with that maybe I shouldn't be focusing all my energy on like yeah. a yeah. peanut company, <laughs> but like that stuff I'll like just be nitpicky about everything yeah. and Yeah. The whole, the the thing about it is like the challenge of like, if I pull this off, then I can say I pulled it off. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, once you've done that and you start on these other projects in that same vein, you, you aren't like looking for that, you know, around the corner stuff that's like trying to trip you up. And so, yeah, challenging is good. Yeah. Cause I see it like in your stuff, especially with like going through your Instagram, it's like, you see that evolution of like. Yeah. Starting stitching and yeah. then doing yeah. even crazier stuff to where like, like when I saw that picture that Charity t- t- took of you yeah, with like your wedding dress, I was like, that is so freaking cool. I know. It was really cool. <laughs> it was like a really weird day, but like a surreal day. Right. Of yeah. A flood of emotions and a lack of emotions at the same time. A flood of very welcomed good emotions. Yeah. In that I had no emotions. Shout out to Charity Bonter. I know. Takes awesome pictures. She did a good job. What kind of inspires you in like your design work? I would say that like I try to keep everything in the world as like Mm -hmm. an inspiration. Whether it's like, because I feel like now I'm in this space where I'm like laughing at everything Mm -hmm. and like trying to turn that into work. Um, So like. You know, if the letters in the Waffle House sign are missing and, like, Mm -hmm. it spells something funny, like, that to me is inspiration to just go and, like, think of the thousand other different signs and brands in the world where a letter might go out and, you know, it says something funny. 
Um, yeah. And just like, I think too, like we're in this like cyclical stage now where like everything's being repeated and mm-hmm. especially in design. Mm-hmm. And so like, I love seeing the old stuff because like back then it was relevant and it was the time it was in, you know, when it was made. And, uh, especially here, like in Birmingham, like you see a lot of that, whether it's like an old sign that used to be painted on the side of a building or someone still has like their neon sign up. It's like, you can do that now, but you're copying that because that was the influence that, you know, was given to you. And so, yeah, a lot of like just older, just anything like antique or vintage like that, like I'm very drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause like, I go to thrift stores all the time and half the time I don't buy stuff cause I'm just going around looking at old stuff that people have that I can't afford or would have no use having. Yeah. But people always have the craziest stuff for sale. And I'm like, they used to make this and thought it was normal yeah. to make this. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like I have this map that's a disc and you can turn it to where it shows you how far away certain cities are from certain things or like from other cities and uh it's like yeah we have google maps now you would never (laughs) buy this in a million years even if cracker barrel sold it you still wouldn't buy it (laughs) right and uh but back then man someone had a need for that thing and someone made it and that's always been like super inspiring to me because that's how i feel it's like Mm -hmm. someone asked me to make this so i'm gonna put my full energy into it. And uh, if it comes out cool, great. If it doesn't, pay me. <laughs> and that's it. Also, money inspires me. <laughs> I get very inspired when my bank account goes up. Uninspired <laughs> when it goes all, down. <laughs> don't, we, don't, don't we all? I do have to say, I love how you incorporate your wit into your work. And I feel like a lot of times people take themselves so seriously that they don't allow, they almost block the enjoyment of their work. And Mm. you tend to do side projects just for yourself that, I mean, I, because I know you, I feel like I can see you making this thing and you're like giggling as you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And, but you just were like, this is going to be fun to make. And I want to make this because I think that it'll bring enjoyment to other people. And so you're like keeping that lightheartedness and incorporating it into your work, which I think in my mind would help with tedious tasks because yeah. you're like, you know what, at least I'm refining some sort of skill that I didn't know that I had and I'm pushing myself creatively in this mm-hmm. other area. And so in these tasks that you just have to get done for this client that might not be the most creative then you still have the energy to do it because you've released something else. Yeah, it definitely didn't start out that way. I mean, if I'm on a mistake podcast, (laughs) I can definitely say that my first mindset in like a career was just that in like making a career Yeah, and thinking about, you know, just the petty things that I think will just totally knock you off track in focusing on, you know, like I was focused on Kyle, the, career or Kyle the designer and not just Kyle and so you know there's a thousand other things I could be while I was working these these first kind of jobs I had out of college that were so corporate and like very strict on like there was no wit in those because you know it's just very professional but um 
yeah, I was like so focused on that career path that I just sucked all the life out of my other places, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then with this patch, so, and that just like led to this whole rocky road of, I would get let go from one job and think, okay, well now I got to prove myself to another job. And then that job wouldn't work out. And it became this like cycle of trying to prove to people that I was this professional designer that, you know, could handle a client or could handle big clients and, you know, still be a goofball. And then I got into this job that I'm in now and it's been more of a, because I work for one person, mm-hmm. I can focus my energy on one brand and like one identity. Um, plus, they I only work part time, so mm-hmm. a lot of what I do is is done by the end of the day or like half half day. But um, I was like given just so much more freedom to not worry about proving myself. Because yeah. at that point, I was like at the bottom. I was like, you know what? this town hates me as far as design goes. Cause I'd been to so many like firms that mm-hmm. just like tossed me around um, that I was like, I had nothing to prove and I just wanted to be happy yeah. making stuff. Yeah. Cause like, that's what it boiled down to is like, if you are a chef, you like making food. The second, like making that food becomes depressing or just too stressful. Like you've lost it Yeah, and you got to go back to, whatever it is that like makes you want to make it. And even if you're not, if no one else is proud of it, like you are, mm-hmm. cause you're looking at it like, yeah, I made that. Like I remember when I lived by myself is probably when I like would tinker the most before I like started any of this freelance stuff. And I had this, little picture disc I guess from St. Paul and the Broken Bones it's like a shape of Alabama and it didn't come with a cover and I was so annoyed <laughs> I was like this sh- this deserves a cover but it was shaped like Alabama so it's super you couldn't just put it in like a square record sleeve yeah. Yeah. so I like spent hours like just making this one this Alabama shaped sleeve for this one record that I had and you know, I live in by myself looking like a crazy person with like lights all over my desk and stuff. <laughs> 2 a.m. in the morning doing this. And I got done with it. I posted it on, on Instagram. You know, I was like tagging St. Paul and the Broken Bones being like hoping that they'd see it or yeah. something. And I think like three or four people liked it. But Aww. then one of the guys, one of the guys, I think it was Chad Fisher. Really? He saw it and he liked it. And I was like on cloud nine. I was just like, that's all I care about. It's just like, I felt that joy for that moment of time from start to finish. And it really was like just one of those moments of feeling like I knew then what path I wanted to take, not specifically, Mm -hmm. but in the sense of like averting from where I was going just as far as like the corporate stuff. And I mean, I was scared of freelance because of like the unknowns, like taxes and, you know, making it consistent, making sure you can get a client that'll keep you on retainer for however long. But I don't know, something made me jump. I think it really was like just that joy, just knowing that like, okay, if there's like one more project I can make, then I can make it last that much longer. And then yeah. just like f- keep trying to follow it up with something, you know, that would supply that gratification of 
what I do. I feel like it's also recognizing where you desire your validation to come from, where it's Mm -hmm. like you're saying with that St. Paul and the broken bones one, all you wanted was like one of them to see it. And if one of them saw it and one of them liked it, that's all you needed. Mm -hmm. And then you recognize also, aside from that, even if they didn't like it, you enjoyed making it and you enjoyed the process. And I think that, especially when you kind of hit quote unquote rock, rock, rock bottom of whatever career path you're taking, if you just realize like what at its core is going to make this worth it. Mm -hmm. And if it's just the process and it's making something that you're actually proud of, then it's worth it. And then the validation comes from the outside sources. And then it comes from larger sources and it just kind of grows from there. But if you at your core are like proud of your product or proud of whatever it is, your music, your whatever, then I think that that's worth it. Yeah. I thought it too is like something that I learned, you know, that for a time I thought only a designer mm-hmm. would really feel. Cause like, you know, with like what we do, like so much of it is like putting it out there Yeah. that there's so many other jobs out there that don't, you don't put yourself out there, Yeah. but you're doing a job every day. Yeah. And it could be like, I think of like people that cut hair, like they could be in a place where they're not cutting the hair they want to cut. Yeah. So they got to go do something crazy and, mm-hmm. and like risk something to be happy about it. But it's like everyone else in the world might think it's the weirdest, dumbest haircut ever. And you're just stoked about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such it, a good feeling. It's like releasing that vulnerable side of yourself to like, this is what I like and this is what I enjoy. And if you are, if you are the only one who's okay with it, then that should be all that matters, but it takes Mm -hmm. such a long time to get to that point. Cause it is like with art, with music, with whatever you're doing, like in that vein, you're pulling it out of a deep emotional part of yourself Mm -hmm. and it's coming from you and it's your perspective on something. And there is the very likely possibility that it will not be received and getting over that hump and getting over that, fear of it not being received is hard. Yeah, definitely. But once you get to the point where you're like, okay, I know, I know what my core is. I know what my foundation is and I know where I need my validation from and to ignore and block the things that are unhealthy and just the haters. That's such a mistake that people like across the board right now, I feel like are making just comparing lives in general. Well, it's so easy to in the age of social media and everything is at our fingertips and we are living for the likes. Like there's just, there's always the possibility of, it used to be like my thought, my outfit, my whatever won't be, maybe someone won't like it, but now it's like you post a picture and it's like out for the world Mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. I think it's always been a problem. It's just now it's like amplified, amplified. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to conquer it. That's right. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just up to the individual. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think that we are getting close to the point where we can't, I hope we're getting to the point where we can't sustain the path that we've been taking because everyone being so consumed and so worried about what how the world views them is becoming really detrimental. And I don't know. I don't think that... I think it's going to take a long time for it to change because it took a long time to get us here. Yeah. 
But but I also feel like like where I'm at now, I never thought I'd be at. Yeah. There was a point where I was just like, mm, that ain't happening. And it's it's also completely different from how I envisioned it. Mm. So it's like I it's, think it always is. The axis has <laughs> yeah. gone both ways in opposite directions, but like that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Because like read. Yeah. You're in a good place. You're not doing anything close to what you thought you were going to be doing. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't stress enough, like, because I hear it all the time. People are like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, you'll know. You'll find it eventually because, like, it felt like that forever. A long time. It still does, but. Do you have, like, a lighthearted mistake you want to share? Oh, I got plenty of those. So Justin stole the one that I've been, like, studying, talking about in the shower for weeks. What? I have a you bike accident same? story oh. too. Oh. Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell it. We'll see if it'll talk. Uh, it's, it's along the same veins of his. I was riding a bike without a helmet and. He was wearing a helmet. Oh, he was? He was. Yeah. Oh, so he did. If he wasn't, he probably would have busted his skull open. Okay. So, okay. You did so I wasn't. Open? I was not wearing a helmet <laughs> and I wasn't even going that fast. I was actually going to my car from class. So, like, from the building to the parking lot, but it was just long enough that I was like, I brought my bike everywhere and I like hit a bump and my wheel popped out from underneath me because it wasn't like, tightened. yep. Whoa. So I flipped over my handlebars and smacked my face into the concrete Ugh. and I, so I kind of have a scar. I have a scar on my lip and a scar on my nose like where the bridge of my nose yeah. is and then a big like harry potter scar up here he has a Whoa. scar on his hand and his elbow i had 38 stitches Whoa. Whoa. on your head on my head oh well, just on my whole face and they forgot to they forgot to numb my mouth <gasps> so i got about i got about four stitches in my lip that i had just had to sit through so that was a mistake but it was funny i remember <laughs> um the like I feel like I have all these like super tragic events happen and then like the funniest shit will happen along with it <laughs> or it just seems so I guess because right. it's like the balance of it all is, yeah. it just seems crazy but yeah. when that happened so I like hit the turf or I hit concrete and I get up and I like check my teeth first and I had all my teeth and I check my nose <laughs> my nose funny. is fine and then I could just feel the blood like coming mm. down my face Ugh. and but it I didn't pass out and it didn't hurt per se that's good so this guy walks up to me and he's like oh my god you need an ambulance and i was like yes please call 911 <laughs> i'm gonna go lay down and so i was laying down on this bench and the next thing i know i just hear like this retching and he was throwing up like in the bushes <laughs> looking at <Yeah>. you <laughs> <laughs> and then this girl this girl runs up and she's a nurse like or she's in nursing school right and she's like oh my god we gotta get like she took over so Uh and i never got her name i just like had to go to the hospital after that and but and then also that was the first time i remembered thinking if you're ever in an accident just and you need to go to the er just like keep all the blood on you and walk in and people will like part a c for you because i went straight to the front that's nice it was nice but that was a mistake what else one time, I have an Australia story. Yes. Um, so I went for like an ambassador program. Mm-hmm. So I was at a lot of schools and like city events. Mm-hmm. So I was at a school one day and school had just let out. So we were playing rugby. 
with mm-hmm. some of the kids. Well, mm-hmm. they were kids my age. I was 16 at the time. So, um, and I left my bag like indoors and I was like, I should bring it out. But the weather there was like kind of iffy. Uh-huh. So I didn't, and I had like my camera and stuff in it. So I leave it inside. And at this point, like I know that Australians are like kind of, they're kind of pranksters. Like, Oh yeah. They, their humor. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they always got me. Like I was so gullible there. <laughs> like they told me about drop bears and I believed it for like half a second. If you don't know what drop bears are, they say that like there's these bears in the woods that like fall down on you and attack you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel stupid even <laughs> saying it because dreams. I believed it. I mean, koala bears will like kill you. Well, they also told me and They'll drop down and they just think this is so funny that they fool people with this, but they tell me like, they're like, yeah, we have wildfires here. And so sometimes the koalas will like run out of the woods and they die from not being able to put the fires out because their arms are too short. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting here believing this stuff as like this American and yeah, that never happens. They die from not they being. D- no, <laughs> no, that's what they told me, and it was totally false. I mean, why there are a lot. Of- why would a koala try and put out a fire? There are a lot of wildfires, though. Yeah, a lot. So, anyways, I left my bag. Parcel truth inside, and whatever. So the end of the trip comes around, and I'm back in America, and I'm getting my film developed, and I'm thinking, I didn't, I didn't take this many pictures, like. I took a lot of pictures, but not this many. And so I take my stuff to Walgreens over there by um, Hastings and all that. Yeah. Drop it off. Come back like an hour later. And I can just tell this girl is just like thinking I'm the weirdest person ever. Oh, no. Because like there were some like, like, you know, pictures that I'd taken that were weird. But like it was just like parties and stuff. But I'm just like, man, I, I don't know. I just didn't have a good feeling you about a it. got pick. Dude, these kids had stolen my camera, like 14, 13-year-old kids stolen my camera and just taken it to the boys' locker room, and they just snapped all kinds of pictures, but they were, like, posing, like, I mean, some were just, like, of them, yeah, like, they weren't always naked, but, like, some of them were just, like, you know, shooting the bird or, like, in positions and stuff, so I've never left my camera near... 13-year-old boys ever again. That sounded way weirder than I intended it to be. Well, so growing up in my town, we would get floods a lot just because it was on the river. And one time it got real bad, and they, I mean, like, school was closed, and everyone kind of just shut down. The, you know, neighborhood boys thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to build ramps and launch ourselves into the air, like bike ramps, into the water. Because... You just land in the water and it's no big deal. And like, you know, we had all these streets that we could bike on. So we're doing that and we're just going like launching ourselves into the air and then falling in the water. And it's so much fun. And the whole time I'm thinking like one of us is going to break a bone eventually. Nothing happens. So it's like the perfect kid day where you're just like, I had so much fun and school was closed, blah, blah, blah. And like we go back to school maybe two days later, like, this official looking lady shows up to class. She's like, well, we need to like, um, do like tetanus shots for everyone that played in the water. And we had definitely been in the water and apparently it like had backed up some sewage or something. And it was not a good 
thing <laughs> to hear. Also, tetanus shots suck when yeah, they're like. They do. I don't know why I remember this, but they gave it to us like in the butt. Oh. Like they sh- <laughs> they give you the shot in the butt cheek, and it doesn't feel good. But now that like I haven't done that in years, I've gotten tetanus shots now, and it's like in my arm. I'm like, why yeah. did they give it to me in my? I butt feel cheek? like they did that with kids. Like that was just a normal thing. Why? Or maybe it was around our age. Like that's just what you did. You didn't do it in the arm. Like you. They had to give you a shot I think in the it's butt or because, something. like, in your butt, there's more tissue and you can't see it happening. And maybe, like, in your oh, arm, you see it, it's muscle, you know. I used to they hate had to hold shots. me down, though. I was like, and they get, yeah, a, I hate they get a look in, at that butt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I actually oh, recently got a tetanus shot <laughs> for when I stepped on that. Oh, oh, I recently got a butt just from working out, <laughs> just, just throwing that out there, you know, just throwing that out there. I was trying to think of travel, like specifically like transportation mistakes. Mm. Cause like being in a foreign country. Or something, yeah. I was trying to train but or like, like, I was trying to think of stuff that I could be like, Oh, this was a lesson learned. And like, then I was like, mistakes in travel are always just like, they just happen. Right. Yeah. You can't yeah. really, <laughs> yeah. you can't, and it's not like you really repeat that a lot. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty, I get pretty anxious about traveling. So I feel like I go through the, like, what would be my mistakes yeah. scenarios, like way, oh, yeah. way too much. But then you always find the ones that you missed. Yeah. I mean, cause when I was in Columbia, like I tried to learn Spanish, like as much as I could, you know, in the time that I had. And I just always knew that that was going to be the, the trip or the like thing that got me was like something in Spanish coming up and yeah. it being like, well, you didn't learn that word. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we got to a bus station one time that I thought we were supposed to be at. So the bus station was like the connection to the next place. And I'm just looking for this place that we're about to go to. And I'm like, I'm not seeing it. And turns out I'd gotten us to the wrong bus station. <sighs> so, but it's like the thing of like, I don't know what mistake I made. Because I said what I said to the cab driver, yeah. and he took me to that bus station. That's kind of out of your control, though. Right, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, travel, it just feels... Because I was trying to think of some lesson that I've learned from, like, you know, fucking up traveling. and Just learn more. Yeah, the lesson is that that's usually fun. It's, yeah. like, kind of getting yeah. screwed of traveling. Yeah. It's just another part of Cause the every, adventure. Yeah, every story I feel like I have traveling is from some kind of mishap. That you take too serious and then it turns out into something great. Cause yeah. mm, I have some that haven't turned out great. So. <laughs> <laughs> I might have compartmentalized all the ones that didn't. <laughs> also, I, just, I do get terrible luck, it seems, in the process of traveling. Like getting to and from. Like once I'm in a place, like it feels like I get this guardian angel. It's like, oh, yeah? see the world. It's just like the airplane. But my TSA angel is like. Oh. (laughs) And I'm actually, I'm traveling this weekend and I'm terrified of like the, because the shutdown apparently is like really affected some of the airports and I'm flying out of Birmingham, but still never know. That's another thing with like this whole freelance thing is that like I've been doing it for three years now wow. coming up on three years and it's the most I've ever traveled like in my life. Cause That's I didn't cool. try. I, I tried to travel like when I wasn't 
when I was like locked up in a corporate job or whatever, but it's just so hard when like you're given the days yeah. you have off yeah. plus like they're usually around the holidays. So mm-hmm. that just like drives up prices, but yeah, freelancing and then just the freedom with my job now, it's like, I was like, holy cow, like I flew a lot yeah, and it's expensive, but it's like the one thing I, I think I, I indulge on. Yeah, I love traveling. Plane tickets. I wish I did it more. I wish I had the money to do it more. In fact, shout out to... Actually, oh, yeah. cut that. Can't have anyone finding out <laughs> where I get my flights from. <laughs> <laughs> I was on it yesterday and it was like, 3,400 people just signed up today. And yep. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> my first job, I think, just being... It was like a flashy job, like right out of college. And like it had all these red flags to it that I could have listen to but i was so gung-ho on like finding my path that i ignored them but um yeah that that whole scenario just played out of like you see you you know look at the website they have and then you go visit them and like everything's so nice and like put together and you're just like this is it and then you get there and like things go well for about a month and then you start to see like the inner workings and like the guts of it and you're like this is what yeah and it was like that plus just being in like toxic environments for me i think some people can handle them because there is like this level of there's a professional way to do things that might just be immoral Mm. only in the sense of like how you treat people and stuff like that sure maybe not like humanitarian stuff but (laughs) (laughs) but just like you know being a butthole about stuff might have to be you, you have to do that sometimes but like i just don't take don't that very well that, yeah i just don't I mean, take it you well. can you can have conflict but it, you can have it in a way where you're not an ass mm-hmm. about it like yeah. you can be like this can't happen but you can go about it in an approach that isn't like trampling or like beating others down yeah right yeah, yeah. and there's just some people that i think can't do that right and yeah but at the same time, I think there are people that can handle it, and they handle it well, and I wish them the best. Because <laughs> that's Cause, not you. And they're making money, I'm sure. But for me, it was just like I couldn't – it was like a like noise in my head mm. constantly. That's really felt like the biggest like professional mistake It's yeah. just not really doing my research. And really, I mean, I call it a mistake now because looking back on it, like I could have put more effort into like wanting something mm. and knowing what I wanted. But back then, I was so daisy-eyed. I was just like, woohoo, I graduated, and I'm not bankrupt, and somebody wants to hire me. I feel like that's how most people are. Freaking yeah. hire me, yeah. I just think that I'm usually envious of people that end up in those jobs, and they're there for, like, five years. Yeah. Because yeah. even if it is toxic, like, they're putting their, like, work in, and, like, they're hustling. But do they love their life? I'm who cares? Like they're making money. Cause like, that's what I wanted to do was like make my five year plan of like just cashing a check and then trying all this stuff. But then life was like, Hey buddy, I think your check is up. (laughs) You're going to have to start all this stuff like right from the get go. And, uh, but it's like, it's like we were talking earlier. It's like, how do you know it's a mistake when you're really just kind of being ignorant to what the reality is? So it's like a hindsight mistake almost, yeah. which all mistakes I guess are if, unless you're just like 
do I stick my hand in the hole or do I not? And then the yeah. snake bites you. You're like, well, darn it. <laughs> that was 100% a bad idea. <laughs> okay, shout outs, my plugs. Yeah. I get my who, plugs. Who plug yeah. Who you want to plug? Real little Debbie. Little Debbie. Yeah, little Debbie. Actually, I don't know, man. It feels weird plugging them. I love that you them. knew what came next. What? I listen <laughs> to the show, baby. I know, but I love, I love that you just knew. I mean, I'm, I know <laughs> so the program. <laughs> um, I di- didn't know why you were looking at me. <laughs> you were just like. Well, I know you're ready for Mexican or whatever we're eating. No, mm. no, no, no. I, I, I just mean, said Mexican like that's what we eat, which is what we <laughs> normally eat. Do. Okay, my plugs would be. So I'm in a band right now called Startle the Heavens. Um, it's like instrumental stuff, pretty cool stuff. So that's been going on for a while. And then um, the company I work for is called World Soccer Shop. So if you ever need to nice. buy cleats, <laughs> buy them from there, please. Um, and then, oh, uh, We Cafe is this thing I go to every week. And it's in the west end of Birmingham. Uh, gosh, I should know the church it's at. And it's not really a church thing. It's a lunch that they hold. Um and it's really good food for $5. That's the minimum you can pay however much you want. Um, but they are just really doing a good thing, I think. And plus I've been going. I, I went initially because I had friends like on the junior board. So like they invited me, yeah. I think, thinking that like an invite was good. And then I just kept going because yeah. the food is so good. Also, I'm kind of frugal and like that $5 deal is just yeah, like yeah. too good to pass up. But um yeah and then like recently i just figured i'd start you know if i buy a loaf of bread just buy a second one because they need it so if you ever have extra food go take it there oh and they do a garden in the summer um so that's kind of like some of the stuff that they supply the kitchen with is like from their garden Cool. and i think they do i want to say they do like classes or like they'll teach you how to garden stuff or at least like Pull it up and like harvest it. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is like a legit website. What's that? World Soccer Shop. Oh yeah. I thought it was like these, like like <laughs> I don't know. These guys just selling. I shoes. thought it was just like not shitty, but like, <laughs> but it's like legit yeah, we're <laughs> your real company. I'm Alton Kyle, A L T O N, Kyle K Y L E. Uh, at it goes in the front of that, and then that's also my website, altonkyle.com. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, this is great. Thanks, Kyle. guys. Yeah, I'm glad to have been on. Yeah, yeah let's so go. Much fun. Let's go eat. Yeah, let's do I'm hungry. Bye. Right, bye. bye. This is a mistake. So, uh, one night I was at a party in Columbus, Georgia, where I have some friends, and we were not on the good side of town. We're in the <laughs> kind of bad part of town if you know what I mean <laughs> and um there I was like out on the porch probably midnight or so and these guys walked up and they offered me some M&Ms and they seemed nice you know so I was like yeah sure and I was like kind of trying to invite them in because I didn't know if maybe they knew the hosts who I knew really well um but they're like you know okay and they hand out the M&Ms and they like gave them all of they gave us all of the M and M's like they didn't keep any for themselves, which we thought was kind of weird at first. Yeah, but so I ate the M and M's and 
they, you know, they taste like M&Ms for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then they turned into Skittles. Mm. And they tasted like Skittles. And they, you know, Skittles like kind of affect you more than M&Ms a little bit. <laughs> um, and they kind of started laughing. They were like, so what do y'all think? And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, these people do not know who I am or who yeah. anyone is here. And they're just on for a jolly good laugh and they were laughing they got it yeah because it was um actually it wasn't skittles it was like warheads so imagine <laughs> eating a, an m&m uh-huh. wanting an m&m uh-huh. and then it suddenly turns into a warhead <laughs> and uh that was it don't don't and so and so don't take candy from strangers. That's what I learned. Why are you looking at me and pointing at me during this whole story? Sorry, screen? sorry. <laughs>